The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers who are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, too. The Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. The editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here this morning. If you would like to check us out online, please do so. Go to sonsoflibertyradio.com. You can also catch us at sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, you're watching by way of Red State Talk Radio. You can catch us on the right side of the page if you want to watch the live video portion of the radio show. That's right, you can see the faces made for radio. We're streaming down here. There's two uh, videos on the side. The top one is Bradley's show from yesterday. That will go live at 3 p.m. Eastern time when he comes on. And uh, the one right beneath it is us. And if you want to enlarge that, you can... Somebody said they blew me up on the TV. A friend, a friend of mine blew me up on the television. He watches the show while he works. So I <laughs> appreciate that, Steve. Uh, you can do that. You can also click on the platform and join us in the chat if you'd like to do that as well. Love to hear from you. Also, the phone lines are open today. The show is live, 215-867-8255, 215-TOP-TALK. If you want to call in, please stick to the subject. Uh, we're going to be talking about gun confiscation and, uh, uh, yeah, Kabbalah Harris. <laughs> that's, uh, that's great. Uh, Kamala Harris's statements that we're not talking about coming and taking your guns. Nobody's talking about that. Come on, guys. Don't you know any better? Anyway, head over there if you want to watch the video portion of the radio show where you can see the faces made for radio. And then right above that, you can also subscribe to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. You won't get your email spammed. We don't rent your email out. We don't sell it to another list or anything like that. Fill that out. You get all the articles we have for the day, including the morning show archive. So everything I talk about today, the links and everything, the Twitter that I'm going to play here, all of that is in the archive, okay? So sign up and subscribe at sonsoflibertymedia.com, right there on the right side of the page. You might even, if you're on a um, a mobile device, you'll probably get that as a a pop-up to have you subscribe. And you'll also need a desktop version if you want to watch the video portion, uh, I I use Google Chrome if I ever have to use it on a mobile phone. I mainly use it for calling. That's it. 
So with that said, if you appreciate the message of Sons of Liberty, there's a donate button at the top of SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Click on that. You can make a one-time donation. Also, become a son or daughter of liberty. If you'd like to support us monthly, you can do that as well. And uh, we have a store where you can purchase products. That also helps us uh, in the support of Sons of Liberty and the things that we do. Okay, formalities out of the way. Uh, let me make mention of, of one thing, though. Uh, Cutting Edge TV on Roku does carry us. We're on DLive.TV at The Sons of Liberty. Also, Facebook is Bradley Dean SOL. We're streaming live on Twitter, FPP Tim, Periscope, and Twitch at Setting Brushfires. Okay? Now the formalities are out of the way. <laughs> okay. You guys really liked Tony Roman yesterday. I could see it in the chat. And Tony and I have been trying, I've been trying to get him on the show. He's on West Coast, so, you know, what are my chances of getting him live? Well, they're pretty good. Those of you who liked what Tony had to say on, on, yes, on Monday, yesterday... He's going to be live with us on Thursday, so you don't want to miss that. And uh, got something hanging on my shirt or something. On it. <clears throat> you don't want to miss that because if you missed yesterday's show and didn't get to hear the 14 minutes that he just laid out, you're talking about an all-American guy. There he is, right there. Okay, and uh, and he picked up our slogan too. We're not talking about Ro- Re- Republicans or Democrats. So you don't want to miss that. Uh, that'll be Thursday morning, 6 a.m. Eastern Time. And then following up, we have um, David, and I forgot his last name right now. But anyway, he is running against Genghis Khan, I mean Sadiq Khan for mayor in London. He'll be joining me on Friday morning. And, of course, we've got I've got several pre-records that are happening this week just to let you know the stuff that's coming. G. Edward Griffin, you guys asked for him. He's going to be back. We're going to be doing that pre-record today. That'll probably that'll be next week when we when we air that. Charlotte Iserbite, uh deputy secretary for education under the Reagan administration. She's the woman who blew the whistle on the fact that Reagan was signing uh, documents with the Soviets on how to train your kids. Okay, Reagan was doing this. The great conservative Reagan, not. She's going to be with us. We're going to uh, Lynn and I are going to be doing a pre-record on that, Lord willing, on Thursday. So you got that coming, and I'm supposed I was supposed to already heard back from Dale Bigtree. We haven't heard back from him yet, so we're going to see if we get him a pre-record here either this week or next week. So lots of people coming on who have good information for the people in our audience. And again, we appreciate you guys as much as anything else uh, to come on and uh, uh, to join us in the morning. Now, with that said. <clears throat> I gave a title to what we're going to do on the show today, and that was, yes, it is about gun confiscation, Kamala. It is about gun confiscation. Now, I believe this is from a week ago. Actually, it isn't even a week. This is just a few days ago. Um, The fraudulent vice president, and she's fraudulent in more ways than one, not just through voter fraud, okay? She is not a natural-born citizen. And you say, well, but it doesn't require that for a vice president. You're right, it doesn't say that. But the vice president is to be the one to step into the place of the president. And so, therefore, in order to be qualified, you would think somebody would apply that. Especially with old Joe can't make it up the stairs, the sniffer-in-chief. You know, you you would think somebody would, would take this serious. Her parents weren't citizens. She's the quintessential anchor baby, like Marco Rubio. Okay. She's not a natural-born citizen. So here CBS had her on, and this is about 20 seconds. 
She's responding to mass shootings and then pushes for gun reform. Oh, there's that word, reform. Now, you know when they use the term reform, you better watch out. You better watch out. Here is a, here's Kamala. And I believe that it is possible, it has to be possible, that people agree that these slaughters have to stop. And this is, again, you reject the false choice and stop pushing it for sure. Stop pushing the false choice mm-hmm. that this means everybody's trying to come after your guns. That is not what yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. And I believe... Oh, okay. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about everybody coming after your guns. Oh, yes, we are. That is exactly what we're talking about. How many of you guys remember when Joe Biden, remember, he's the, he's the guy up there, you know, signing executive orders faster than he can change his depends. He's the guy who has been pushing that. When they talked about taking guns, remember he said, bingo, take your AR-15, bingo. He wants Beto O'Rourke, who says, we're coming after your AR-15s. Mm-hmm. Kamala is lying through her teeth. Remember, this is a woman who is not only a political whore, she's the other one, too. That's how she got where she is. Okay? You say, that's not very nice to say. Well, if it walks like a duck, and it looks like a duck, and it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. Okay? It's a duck. The answer to stopping the slaughters is quit infringing on the people's rights, encourage them to exercise their right to keep and bear arms, to be trained with that, and to be part of a militia. That's the answer to stopping the mass slaughters. And the other part is to shut down Big Pharma. Let me, let me throw that out. Because a lot of these people are put on psychotropic drugs making them susceptible to all kinds of things, both in the spiritual world and in the physical world. All right? That's, if you want to stop it, there you go. Encourage the people to get their weapons, to carry their weapons, to be trained with their weapons, to be part of a militia, the real law enforcement of America. And no, that's not the National Guard. I know it's in the statute. It's not part of what the founders had in mind at all. Okay? There's the answer. Again, I I keep saying, and we say on the show, you and I are the solution. Let me throw this in here for good measure. This is part of what we talk about when we criticize presidents or congressmen or whoever who are violating the Constitution because it's only your rights that we're talking about, right? It's only the law being upheld that we're talking about. And we do that, and people go, well, who do we vote for? That is the wrong question to be asking. That is the wrong question to be asking. Those people are in office. The Constitution gives us how we deal with them. Okay? That tells us how we deal with them when they're acting in bad behavior. When they're acting criminally. When they're engaged in high crimes or misdemeanors. It tells us what to do. We're to remove them from office, and then we're to prosecute them. Okay? But over and over again, the question should be, what should I do? What is my responsibility in this? And the people's responsibility is, again, to be a part of that militia that executes the law. 
That is what they're there for. Article 1, Clause 8, Section 15. Read it when you get a minute. That's you and me, folks. That's you and me. Now, with that said, let me bring up some things here. And uh, I know probably a lot of times, and I had a friend tell me, oh, you're, you know, you're looking here and you're looking there. You got to understand, I got three screens. There's all kinds of stuff over the screens, and I got to look at some of the stuff because if I don't have it out there, I'm one of those guys, uh, and as a, as a preacher, I learned it early on. <laughs> I will get out there and have notes, and I start talking about something, and I walk right on on that limb, and I saw it off behind me, and I forget the point I was going to make. So I like to have my stuff together, so I have to look at it. So I've got it up here in the top part, so I'm not looking down here. <laughs> Be looking off to the side a little, just so you know. So Harris says, stop pushing this false choice. That means everybody's trying to come after your guns. That's not what we're talking about here. If it's not what we're talking about, then my question to you is this. What is the end of every quote-unquote gun control law, pretended legislation that's called gun control law? What is the end of that? The end of it is to take your property, to take your liberty. It is not to uphold it. It is to take it. And sometimes without due process. So this isn't just an issue of the Second Amendment. When we had uh, Dr. Edwin Vieira on, he pointed out it, it violated almost all of the Bill of Rights. Almost every single point. You get things like the Fourth Amendment. Let's think about red flag laws, for instance. You know, Kamala likes that just as much as Biden does, just as much as Trump did. Those things are a violation of the First Amendment because, hey, they'll come get your guns thinking you're mentally unstable for something you post on Facebook or you post in a chat or you post as a comment or a picture, a meme that you put up. Yep, that's what it is. Or it's a violation of the Fourth Amendment. Huh, they'll just send somebody into your house. I mean, we actually have the ridiculous thing before the, the Supreme Court to see whether or not police can come into your home and kidnap you or steal your property without a warrant. Why is that even before the court? Is the Fourth Amendment not clear? Is, is it not clear? This is why I, I cringed when I heard conservatives, alleged conservatives, constitutionalists, praise Rudy Giuliani for his stop and search thing. Stop and search. They just praise that. Complete violence. Oh, well, we caught a bunch of bad guys. Oh, well, I'm sure you did if you're stopping all these people that you're stopping up there. I'm sure you did. But again, here's what we got. This is not a false choice. Again, we have these people like Kamala. We've got Joe Biden. We've got... Beta O'Rourke, we've got every, I bet every person within Biden's cabinet has an anti-Second Amendment view. Oh, they'll say it's, we're not against the Second Amendment. We, we love the Second Amendment. We support the Second Amendment. But we just want to take your guns. Uh, okay, that word infringe doesn't mean anything to you. So anyway, she does that. Now... Here's Biden's own campaign. 
2020 campaign website, states a clear desire to reinstate the federal assault weapons ban of 1994, which did nothing. It's the same one in which we had Senator Dianne Feinstein, you know, the chick who had a Chinese spy as her driver and as her advisor for two decades. He's found out, and under the Trump administration too, just letting you know, under the Trump administration, and what was done to her? Nothing. I mean, they didn't even give a serious inquiry into what this guy was doing in her office. She continues to remain on committees. See, this is what I'm talking about, about the controlled opposition of the Republicans. The answer to our problems is not vote red any more than it is to vote blue. This is, this is the issue. Our issue is to repent before holy God and to obey him. And in doing that, we will bring justice on these evildoers. I'm just saying. That's what we'll do. That is the greatest thing they're scared of, is that you'll quit asking who to vote for, and you'll start saying, wait a minute, God is a just God. He's the one who gave us our rights, and we're going to obey him, and we're going to uphold the law. And you guys are in big trouble. So what are their solutions? Well, again, Biden wants federal assault weapons ban of 1994, which did nothing. And we have the numbers to demonstrate it really did nothing to, to curb anything. Ban high-capacity magazines. I mean, who gets to determine whether you have 9 or 10 bullets in the magazine? Huh? Or 30 or 50 or 100? It's, that's all subjective. It really is subjective. And to tax and register those semi-automatic rifles, handguns, and shotguns currently owned by expanding the National Firearms Act, which is unconstitutional, to include them. Beyond this, he plans to implement a buyback of these firearms and magazines. Another word for all of this is, are you ready? Confiscation. You know, I've told you that we need to repent of our language. I, I, I have to do that. Uh, somebody was writing in the comments, you guys know, uh, that I picked up, no, I agree, which is kind of being against one another there. And I've tried to watch that. I slip up every now and then, but I've tried to watch that. That's just a simple thing of that. Some of you still say, good luck. How does that fit in a Christian worldview? God is not about luck. He's about providence. And so the language has to change. The same thing has to change with gun control. Now, sometimes I have people, I post their articles and it says gun control. And as best I can, if I can, I'll flip it to make it gun confiscation if it works in there really well. We need to start set the narrative on that. Gun confiscation. Every time you hear somebody talk about gun control, you need to interject into the conversation. No, we're talking about gun confiscation. The end of every quote-unquote gun control law is confiscation. That's the end of it. That's the, that's the ends to their means. Con- confiscating guns. And look, it was the it was the it was the means or it was the means to the end in the Trump administration too, guys. When his DOJ was buying off the states to implement red flag laws. Okay? That was that was to confiscate guns. All right? So what goes on? Well, though Biden says he wants 
to ban and buy back semi-automatic firearms. This is according to America's First Freedom. He also says he wants to pursue legislation to regulate possession of existing. Existing. He wants to go ex post facto, which is against the Constitution. Congress is not allowed to write ex post facto law. Okay? He wants to pursue legislation to regulate possession of existing assault weapons. There is no such thing as that. The existing weapons. Okay? Under the National Firearms Act. To accomplish this, even theoretically, the government would need a registry of gun owners. And as history has shown again and again, registries lead to confiscation. In every instance, it's been done. And unless you're a blinded socialist commie who thinks what just wasn't done right, you know, those (laughs) times it was all done, We just need to do it our way. You see this. And and where is the constitutional authority to buy back anything? Hmm? I I didn't see that in Article 1, that Congress can write law on that. If they can't write law on it, they certainly can't provide money for it. And yet, they're going to put that debt on your back too. They're going to put that debt on your back. Now, here's the great thing. If this, were, if this were Donald Trump, the conservatives would be all justifying it, sweeping it under the rug, making excuses. But this is the Biden administration, and that is a good thing. okay? Because conservatives now see it for what it is. Because the guy doesn't have his political jersey on. okay? They see it for what it is. In fact, they see it so much, there is a a poll that has come out that say a majority of likely voters say tougher laws won't stop mass killers. Well, we already knew that. Let's take a look at this. This is from Guns in the News. While Joe Biden continues to threaten new gun control action, perhaps via executive order, and Capitol Hill Democrats are pushing extremist gun laws, A new Rasmussen survey may have just provided a needle to pop their bubble as a majority of likely U.S. voters say it is not possible to completely prevent mass shootings like the ones in Atlanta and Boulder. Those are people who actually live in reality. Look, let let me put it this way. You could go out and take every single gun in America... And Americans could be stupid enough to turn them all in and get them bought back and everything else. And you know what? You're still going to have mass shootings. Why? Because you have criminals. Because you have criminals. And this is the part everybody that that pushes this narrative doesn't seem to either get or they just ignore it because they are pushing an agenda. And I think there are some people who get caught up in the emotion of it and they really think they're doing the right thing. And I think there are other people who push an agenda. Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, they're pushing an agenda. They are pushing an agenda. There's no doubt about it. Okay? But here's what we see in this uh, Rasmussen poll. It was released, uh, the, the excuse me, 
They released the survey results one day after Biden's first press conference since taking office. Boy, was that a disaster or what? His press conference I'm talking about. It was worse than his falling up the stairs thing. It was an event that saw him actually skip around the subject of guns when asked about it. As noted by Fox News, when asked if he will fulfill his earlier promises to press for stricter gun laws, his response was a tepid, it's a matter of timing. Yeah, just hang on there. Just hang on a little bit. We've got to get the right time. You know, we've got to get the right mass shooting coordinated with the right mass stabbing, coordinated with the right something else that goes on. Maybe a, a couple of them, we get, a, we get a trifecta. We get three mass shootings, and that way we can really play on the people's emotions. It's for the children. And, and rest assured, that's what they're going to attack again. They're going after your kids. This, this is just one of many reasons why you shouldn't send your kids to the public indoctrination centers called public schools that look like little prisons. Because they're the ones that's going to be targeted in all of this. Used for political gain. And lawlessness, let me put it that way. is isn't just political gain, it's lawlessness. If the Rasmussen poll is correct, Biden and congressional Democrats are all wrong on their time. Hey, it isn't just congressional Democrats, guys. Did anybody listen to Thomas Massey? Any Republicans pushing the NICS system, universal background checks, any of that stuff, is, I mean, all of that is a violation of the Fifth Amendment. They're depriving people of their liberty to purchase a gun, saying, no, you're guilty until you prove, that, or until you or we prove you're innocent, and you can get a gun. And by the way, I don't know, did you guys see the guys who went to a buyback program and they took like a two by four, maybe been two by six, and they got the steel pipes on them and they put metal straps around them and they went to go get their collect their two hundred dollars to turn that in. And the police kind of laughed at them until they proved they worked. Hello. See, you can do all this stuff all you want to, and inventive people will find a way around it. They'll find a way around it. So these people are wasting their time and all that they're doing. And uh, and but Americans, you need to stand up. You really do need to stand up. So in this poll, here's what we find out. The survey found that 64 percent, 64 percent of likely voters don't think it likely that mass shootings can be prevented. Fewer than one in four, 23 percent think mass shootings can be prevented, and 13% are not sure. Well, okay, so that means there's 46% that are stupid. I I mean, I don't know any way to say it. The only way I know that you can prevent the mass shooting is to have people there to stop the shooter when he starts. And even that doesn't necessarily stop him from getting one or two people if they're in close proximity or several, it depends on what he comes in with. Well, one thing can be assured, you can stop it in its tracks when it goes on if you're armed and trained with your weapon. You can do that. And that's a solution that government doesn't want you to know about because that solution doesn't involve them. That is a solution that is you. That is a solution that is me. You see, folks, we don't need government to live. 
our lives. We don't need government to protect our families. Let, let me, and some people say, well, who do you call when you got a thing like that? You call the police, they're part of government. Well, wait a minute. They are called first responders for a reason. They respond to something after the fact. Do you get that? I don't have policemen camped around my house to stop somebody from breaking in and doing me or my family harm or stealing from us. I have me. I have my boys. I have my wife. It's us. We're, we're, the, we're the ones to do that. And this is what, this is what I'm, I'm stressing to you today. You're the answer to all of this. You are. Now, when this poll was put out, almost immediately the, the Citizens Committee for the Right to Keep and Bear Arms reacted to the Rasmussen results. We're not surprised that a majority of likely voters have this one figured out better than Biden. This is uh, Gottlieb, uh, chair, uh, Alan Gottlieb. He's the chairman of the Citizens Committee for the Right to Keep and Bear Arms. After Georgia and Colorado, fewer than one in four that's 23% believe mass shootings can be completely prevented, and those voters must live in the same fantasy land as the president and his congressional comrades. And uh, I'll have this link in here so you guys can, um, can, can read this. But no great surprise, a majority of Democrats, 77%, favor stricter gun laws, Rasmussen said. They're out of step with Republicans, 71%, and independents, 60 who turn thumbs down on stricter gun control laws. And this is from... Uh, this particular article here, you can check that out. And again, I'll have the link up later this morning in the archives. Now, why is this so important? Again, I can't stress it enough. Every time you hear gun control, it means gun confiscation. The end of violating their laws, even if they're all of them are unconstitutional, but here we see Joe Biden's wanting to go ex post facto. That's specifically forbidden. That means if you got if you got a certain weapon they want to target and they say that weapon is no longer legal for you to have, you got to get rid of it. Think of it this way. Do you remember when Trump did his illegal uh, bump stock ban? And that's coming into play too, folks. That is coming into play. In fact, I should have brought this article up. Uh, maybe I can do it in the in the process here of, of me talking. So just bear with me. One of the things I told you when that bump stock ban went through, and you go, well, Trump didn't do it, it was the ATF. Am I, do, I, do I look stupid? Don't answer that question. <laughs> the ATF is under the command of the president. If they're doing something illegal, if they're doing something criminal, if they're doing something unlawful, unconstitutional, it is the duty and the job of the president to make sure the the laws are faithfully executed, not violated. Article 2, Section 3. When they issued that bump stock ban, that was Trump's hat tip over there for the whole Vegas shooting thing, which nobody can prove that an actual bump stock was used in that. Okay? I mean, we had... We had guns with bipods and a bump stock on it. They work against one another. You've got to have that thing free-floating there on your shoulder. And just because you have one on there, if you haven't practiced with one, it's not going to work. (laughs) It's just not going to do it. Okay? But it was to transform it into a quote-unquote machine gun, which I don't think ought to be outlawed either. I don't see anything in the Constitution that says they can do that. 
right to keep and bear arms that of whatever kind. Machine gun, bazooka, knives, whatever. Shall not be infringed. Plain and simple. So he tipped that over. Now do you know what the ATF is doing with that? The ATF is wanting to redefine firearms. I told you it was coming when it happened, what, two, three years ago. They want to come and redefine... I'm going to see if I can bring this one up too. They want to redefine a firearm. Um, trying to see if I can find it real quick. If I can't, I'll have the article in the... Uh, in, in the archive, okay? But now they're wanting to redefine firearms. Isn't that nice? So now they're going after homemade guns. Your 3D printed guns, whether it's a handgun or a rifle. They want to go after your 80% lowers. Okay? Things that they approved. Not that we needed their approval in the first place. We only need their approval because wicked men have put in unconstitutional laws that these guys are trying to abide by. And we need to do away with all of that stuff. All it does is make men more crafty about how they're going to make their guns. That's all it does. Okay? But in all of this, I want you to understand something. All of this push towards gun confiscation, this is not the first time in our history this happened. You say, oh yeah, I remember Feinstein and Clinton and all those guys did the assault weapons ban. Yeah, they did. But it was long before that. Do you know it wasn't until the 1900s, the early 1900s, that we even had gun laws? That they began to be put into place in our government unconstitutionally? We went for more than 100 years under the Constitution that we have now, our second Constitution. And I know some of you are surprised by that. Look up Articles of Confederation. There's your first constitution. But we're under this for more than 100 years, more than 120 actually, with no gun laws. And all of a sudden, they start to bring in gun laws. And the assassination of JFK really saw an exponential factor of gun laws being put in place. And then you remember with the Brady Bill that came after Reagan and that as well. But there was a time before that where our forefathers experienced the confiscation of guns, or at least the attempt of confiscation of guns. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, any of you guys heard the story of Paul Revere? The British are coming, the British are coming. What were they coming to do? Tax you more? Tax our forefathers more? And by the way, our forefathers would have been dumping the whole lot of tea in the ocean by now. Okay? Remember, they were doing it over a few cents. The The original Sons of Liberty dumped all that tea in Boston Harbor over a few cents tax on the tea. Can you imagine... What would be going on today if they were here? I think they would look at us and go like, what are you people doing? This is not what we left here. This is not what we left here. 
But in that, and I have an article, I'll, I'll have this up at the, in, in the archive as well, that gives you a little history on that. All of the infringements that you see the protections for in the Bill of Rights, all of them were taking place against our forefather colonists. The, the right to, to assemble. They were allowed to assemble one time a year. And if they got together more than one time, they would send in the dragoons. And the dragoons were only run off because the people were well trained with their muskets. I've got a story in here of Massachusetts Governor Thomas Gage and how the people had met for a second time. And they just wanted to air out their grievances against their government, their tyrannical government. And he sent in 400 dragoons. And within a minute, hundreds of Minutemen appeared and ran the dragoons off. They didn't stand by and say, well, we know Romans 13 says that we should submit to the authorities. No, they were like, uh, you're not going to do this. The people have a right to speak. They have a right to meet together. And we're going to run you off because you have no authority here to do that. See, even the king, even the governor, even the mayor, their authority is limited. Yes, they are ministers of God, but they are limited in their authority. And when they step outside of that, it is the responsibility of the people to put them back in their place or remove them. That's what happened with our forefathers. And we've lost a lot of that. This is why I think it resonated so much with Tony, what I played yesterday. Tony's not looking to pick a fight. Tony just wants to live his life. But he says, I'm not going to bow to the tyrant who is, acting un, who is acting lawlessly, who is threatening me, who's threatening my family, who's threatening my business. I'm not going to bow to that. And neither should you, neither should I. So we get to this issue that, that Kamala brought up. Gun con- we're, we're not talking gun confiscation. Oh, yes, you are. In every way, you're talking about gun confiscation. Now, I want you to think about this, too. Because in all of these matters, okay, they take the guns first. They always do. They take the guns first. Red flag laws, remember, I could play you Donald Trump. I'll just put that in the archive, too, where he actually said it. I like to take the guns first, due process second. You know, because it takes so long to go through. You know, it's such a hassle to have to follow the law. I know I'm supposed to be upholding the law and making sure it's faithfully executed, but it's such a hassle to do that. Yeah, that, that, that little thing called the Constitution is holding you in. The Fifth Amendment. No person shall be held to answer for capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on a presentment or indictment of a grand jury except in cases arising in the land or naval forces or in the militia, when in actual service, <clears throat> excuse me, in time of war or public danger, nor shall any person be subject for the same offense to be twice put in jeopardy of life or limb, nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself, now listen to this, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property. Now, those last two, I don't need to explain life, right? Liberty, as I've told you before, is different than freedom. Freedom happens up here. 
You can be free up here all day long, even while you're chained in a cell. Liberty are your rights. That's what you need. When you read the word rights, you're talking about liberties or authorities that you have as a person made in the image of God. Property. We know what that is, right? Most of us think of land. But how about your gun? That's a property too, right? Money is a property. All of this, you're not to be deprived of without due process of law. Nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. Now, why is that so important? What is this due process? Well, let's go back to Scripture. Deuteronomy 17, 16, and this is reiterated throughout the the Old and the New Testament, but this is the gist. On the evidence of two witnesses or of three witnesses, the one who is to die shall be put to death. A person shall not be put to death on the evidence of one witness. Okay? So when we talk about like a death penalty, I'm for the death penalty. I'm for it being at the local level as much as possible because you're going to be around the people who are your peers, the people that you live with, you breathe with, you eat with, all of that, okay? And they're going to make sure that you're really guilty before you get that because you can't, like, change that. Once it's done, it's done. But the Bible lays out that there is a due process. Two or three witnesses, this is why when Jesus stood before the Sanhedrin, what did they try to do? They tried to call up two or three witnesses, and they were all found to be liars, weren't they? And they finally had to get Jesus to talk, and then they used what he said, which was true, to condemn him as though he was lying, as though he was a a heretic, he's a false prophet. We read over in Deuteronomy 19.15, similar language. A single witness shall not suffice against a person for any crime or for any wrong in connection with any offense that he has committed. Only on the evidence of two witnesses or three witnesses shall a charge be established. Now, this is interesting. Those of you who know the commandments, okay? We have a commandment in there that talks about lying. Now, the term is usually applied to a legal term of Perjury. That's how we understand it. You're not to perjure yourself. We're to be people who speak the truth. Okay? But you're not to perjure yourself. You're not to do something that would cause another individual to lose life, liberty, property. You're not to say something that is false that would cause them to do that. Okay? Again, this is why it's important that you have two or three witnesses. They confirm the matter. This is attested not only in the Old Testament passages that I've given you here, but also within the New Testament. Many of you are familiar, and maybe you're part of churches where they get the, I don't know, song and dance going so much that you get in an altered state. I, I just hate that stuff. I, I don't like it. And they'll quote Matthew 18, and they'll say, Where two or three are gathered in his name, there we're in the midst. Well, you know what the context of that is, right? The context of Matthew 18 is church discipline. you got a sinning brother. He sinned against you. Go and tell him his fault. And if he acknowledges it, if he repents, then you win your brother. And you're doing that just between you two. And if you won't do that, you give him a little space and you come back with somebody else so that you've got two witnesses to the matter. And if he repents, then you win your brother. If he doesn't, you take it to the church. And when you take it to the church, 
you're to cast them out. You're to excommunicate them. You're to, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, you're to turn them over to Satan that their flesh may be destroyed, though their soul is saved. Okay? It is a discipline of God or it is a judgment of God depending on whether the person is actually a believer or not. And at the end of that, it says, where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst. He's not talking about, hey, when you guys just come together and get to work. Well, the obvious question is, is God not with you when you're just by yourself? Yeah, he is. That's not what this is talking about. This is talking about this very thing right here. Now, let me ask you, what are they pushing with gun flag, with red, red flag laws? They're pushing not to have people before you. These people can be anonymous. You don't have to, to face the one accusing you of something. They can be hidden, protected for their, or hidden and made anonymous for their protection, not for yours. And we've been seeing this for years in the CPS organization. People call in and say, oh, mom and dad are beating the kids or they're not feeding the kids or whatever. And they send in CPS workers. Oh, we got an anonymous tip. We need to check you out. Uh, what about that Fourth Amendment? See, this goes, this, when you start violating the law in one area, you're going to eventually violate it in a, in a bunch of others. This point was brought home yesterday to me. Again, just reminded of it in listening to Pastor John MacArthur. And he was asked about Ravi Zacharias and what's come out about, of course, his, his life that nobody knew he was living except a few people. And he was asked, can Ravi Zacharias be a Christian? And John MacArthur says, well, to be at the place he was, and to have access to all the things he had and to do what he was doing would have meant multiple sins. It wouldn't have just been, you know, he's messing around with these women. It would have been multiple areas. And of course, the Bible tells us that adulterers shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That's what God says. I didn't say it. I don't stand as judge for Ravi Zacharias any more than I do for any of you. I can tell you what the judge says. And then the judge is the one that carries out the execution of the law. So you say, well, why do you bring that up? Because in every one of these things, and this is why I pointed you to the Fourth and Fifth Amendments, the First Amendment, the Sixth and Seventh Amendment, I didn't read those, but red flag laws, they're not just a violation of the Second Amendment. Do you see how this works? Usually when you violate the law in one place, you end up violating it in several places. It isn't just one violation of the law. We know this in our lives, don't we? You ever been a kid and you stole something? Maybe it was a piece of candy. Maybe it was whatever, a penny. It doesn't matter what the cost of it was. You stole something that wasn't yours. What happens when you're confronted about that? Maybe many of you have kids and they've taken something they shouldn't have taken. What happens when... Usually, the first inclination is to what? I mean, you don't have to teach them to do it. They can be two or three years old. You don't have to teach them how to lie, do you? Or how to steal. They look at you and go, I didn't do that. You see, we're sinners. That's violators of the law. That's by nature. 
Nobody has to teach us how to violate the law. We do it. And some of us do it better than others and hide it better than others. But we're still violating the law. And usually when we violate, let's say we steal, what happens? We'll tell a lie to cover up that theft. And some people will go so far, depending on what it is, they might kill somebody else to cover that up. And it goes on and it goes on and it goes on unless there's repentance. This is why this is so important to make the spiritual connection as to what's going on. God said there would be curses for rebellious people. And again, we say it over and over and over. Deuteronomy 28, read it. Read the blessings that God will pour out on a people who's obedient to him, 1 to 12. The rest of the chapter, all the curses he's going to lay out because people are disobedient. I've got to ask you something. When you're looking at what you're looking at in America today, are you looking at blessing or are you looking at cursing? What do you see? See, this taking of the guns becomes this big thing. And it is a big thing. Don't get me wrong. It really is. I think that guns are the things, are just the last line of defense to secure liberty. I really do. And that by the power of God. I I don't think that, you know, I don't want to trust in the arm of the flesh because, hey, I've had AR-15s and AK-47s that have jammed, haven't you? And they might jam at the improper time when somebody's about to shoot me. So I'm not putting my trust in guns. I do think they are a means to an end. Don't get me wrong. But what is your trust in? Because i got to tell you, when I see somebody like a Tony Roman that I played yesterday, that we're going to have on Thursday, he is willing to give it all up for the sake of liberty. I think that's why he resonated with a lot of you in the chat room that I saw. Maybe some of you on radio. What are you going to do if they pass these? What are you going to do if they pass even a smidgen of the legislation that they want to pass. It's unlawful. There's no question about it. But they're going to put the force of law behind it. They're going to use all their armed soldiers to do it. They're going to use all the guys in your local police department to do it. And i got to ask you a question. What are you going to do about it? Now, let me give you a little insight as to what some of you will do. Okay? Let me give you a little insight on what some of you do. If you are listening to me now and you put on a mask every day to have to go to work or to go in your store or whatever, you're putting that on. I can tell you that you're already showing signs that you will just hand over your guns when the SWAT team ends up at your door. I don't care how much tough talk you talk about. What's the pattern of your life? What are you exemplifying now? Are you willing to go take a vaccine for something that hasn't been proven and you're not sick of from? You're demonstrating that you probably will be a person that will great, gratefully turn over every weapon that you have and your ammunition because you've already shown that fear is what drives you. 
And if you're driven by fear, you're not driven by love, which the Bible says casts out fear. Love for who? Love for God, love for your fellow man. And upon all of these things, these two things, loving God and loving man, hang all the law and the prophets. Isn't that interesting how that works? I hope that this comes as a way of helping you think through your day-to-day decisions, how they will impact those future decisions that you're making. Because if you're doing the one thing to submit to tyranny, you'll do the next thing to submit to it. I've told you the story. I'll end with this. I went up to see Bradley and his family some years back. I think it was like 2014. Went through Charlotte Airport. There's a guy there. He was with, uh, I think the, he was an Air Force veteran. I wouldn't go through the scanner. I said, if you're going to violate my right, you're going to go through my bag, and I'm going to talk to you about your violation of, my, of the law. And I talked to him, and he goes, well, do you think this is really a hill to die on? And I said, well, let me ask you something. Uh, is it a hill to die on? What, what is your hill to die on? And he goes, oh, if they try to take my guns. And I said, now, you're a veteran. You say you fought for liberty. You fought for freedom. But you're sitting here violating my rights and the Constitution, rummaging through my stuff when I've committed no crime, and you want to tell me you're going to stand if they come take your guns? I said, I don't believe you. I don't believe you will. I said, you're doing what you're doing out of fear of losing your job. What are you, what's it going to be when, when guys with guns come to your house demanding your guns and you fear for your life? Do you understand? You understand? There's no doubt that what's coming are some are more mass shootings, false flags. That's what they're going to be. There's no doubt about them. They're going to get blown up in the media. They're going to push on your emotions. And folks, while we should weep with those who weep, the Bible tells us we should do that and rejoice with those who rejoice. I'm not saying don't have any feelings. But don't let your emotions drive what you do. Don't let your emotions drive what you do. Because if you do, you're eventually going to send yourself. All right? And we want to stay on the straight and narrow, right? We don't want to be the right or the left. We want to be on the straight and narrow. And that's what I hope that this drives you to today, at least with regard to the issue of gun confiscation. And remember, change the narrative. When you hear gun control, gun confiscation, gun prohibition, pick something like that instead of the other. Change the narrative. Drive it towards truth rather than the lie. All right? Rotten at the Core Wednesday is ahead. Tomorrow, 23 hours, Lynn Taylor will be with us. Till then, see ya.